one of the things that I can give out as a uh, as a good uh, learning uh, thing about this is actually using a lawyer. So when you want to start a company, um, take those ten thousand kroners, which is like fifteen hundred mm. euros, spend them on a lawyer that you probably have a lawyer in your network, or maybe you have a friend who knows a lawyer who can help you with that. It doesn't have to be like uh, you know three, four thousand euros to that, yeah. but use a lawyer in the start to see. Hey, we we thought about this name. Uh, can you do a check for us in the trademark register? Um, how how are we you know how are we gonna do with this name actually? Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Startup Stories, where we share Europe's hottest startup stories from early stage founders and talk about challenges and successes in customer acquisition, marketing, financing, and more. In this episode, we interview Nikolai Rosenthal, co-founder of the sustainable fashion brand Savvy Copenhagen, a Denmark-based company and frontrunner in the production and sale of sustainable and organic clothing. Nikolai is a remarkable entrepreneur who's juggling growing his business, playing professional hockey, and finishing his master's studies at the leading business university in Denmark. And interviewing him was inspiring and eye-opening. I'm super excited to share this episode with you today. Enjoy. Welcome, Nikolai. Nice to nice to see you. You too. Nice office you have here. Thank you. <laughs> and um, yeah, maybe we can we can start off by. By looking at what you do, what's what's the startup? What's it called? Yeah, and it's, what's uh, the story behind it? Yeah, um, so I have uh, a company called Savvy Copenhagen. It's a clothing brand. It's a clothing brand that is focused on uh, producing organic uh, and 100% sustainable clothing, uh, both for uh, the B2B segments, so like companies and uh, corporations, but also to uh, B2C markets, so like private customers who goes uh, through our web shop and shop uh, t-shirts, hoodies, polo shirts, whatever it may be, um, through our web shop. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a clothing brand. Uh, we started two years ago. So it's, you know, it's been uh, two years in the process here now. And it's going uh, good so far. Obviously, you have your obstacles uh, on the road. Uh, right now, we also have obstacles. Um, I can tell you about, the, about that later. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's basically what we do. Cool. Cool. There should be more more uh, startups doing uh, you know sustainable yeah. <laughs> uh, startups, right? I think you will see. Uh, I mean, the last three or four years, I've, I, you've seen uh, you know more companies going towards the sustainable way yeah. um, because we know in this industry, uh, in this sector, that we have to focus on how to produce uh, more sustainable. Yeah. And I think uh, within the next three, four, five years, there's going to be, I mean, a huge amount of uh, startups being focused on. Producing their clothing in a sustainable way, organic yeah. way, yeah. and if you look just like ten years uh, back, uh, I think all companies who started uh, trying to make their own clothing brand, they wouldn't consider the organic or the sustainable no. part at all. Yeah. But I think it's gonna be such a normal thing, just like you've seen in the supermarkets. It's it's nearly impossible now to not get organic or ecological products uh, yeah. almost at least in Denmark uh, but you know that took a while that process took a while but now we're here yeah. and uh, yeah you can buy it everywhere I think yeah. that's going to happen in the clothing business as well yeah for sure we uh, remember we interviewed two startups uh, also in clothing sustainable clothing uh, one one didn't continue it was a guy he went to Peru to get some special kind of cotton yeah um, 
the other guy is it's still on, so I can show you the web, the webshop. They're selling uh, high quality shirts for men, yeah. and ties and, and stuff like that. But it is a it, it is a tough. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get into it. It is a tough tough business to be in, right? I think it's the the most uh, red ocean uh, industry that you can actually move into. Um, I can't really, you know, on top of my mind, think of any other industry that is more red ocean uh, with so many competitors. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's it's a tough industry, but it's also one of the reasons why we, we we focus on the organic part because we want to differentiate ourselves yeah. from the rest of the industry. And uh, yes, you've seen H and M and some other big companies going out and saying we want to be sustainable in twenty 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 five or something like that. Yeah. But that makes us you know seven years ahead of that market. Exactly. So we're trying to you know see if we can capitalize just a couple percentage on that yeah. market right now. Yeah. Um, but you know the most important thing is that me and my partner and my two employees are working every day with something that we believe in so yeah. much, and it's something that. You know, we feel like we actually make a difference, yeah. and maybe it's only a you know a fragment of what the world actually sees right now. But it makes it a lot easier to go on you know every day and and you know work with something that makes you feel good, and you know yeah. that this is actually contributing to how the industry is gonna be in you know a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. So um, I have a couple of questions for for the startup. Um, I do have first of all a couple of questions for you personally. Yeah, because I I checked you out course um you're you're a, a ice hockey player i'm a professional ice professional hockey player. ice hockey player yeah you you're an entrepreneur yeah and you do study at the I same time i do actually study i'm about to finish my uh, my master's thesis at uh, copenhagen business school yeah um it's been on the way for for a long time now but uh, <laughs> i kind of feel like i have to finish this now because i'm uh you know, we're having uh, a baby here in uh, yeah, next oh, year. Yeah. So, and father to be. Yeah, exactly. Father right. to be. So, <laughs> so, you know, I kind of have to, uh, you know, get my uh, things done. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's just a good way to, to end my study life. Uh, so now I have my master. Uh, yeah. And then he comes out and then I can focus on that. Yeah. <laughs> my company, right? How do you do that? Yeah. So, you know, there's people, people have full-time jobs and I don't have time for that. I think that's bullshit looking at you because it's yeah how do you do that I get that question a lot actually I think uh, you know the answer I, I, uh, I give to people is that you know the days uh, when I don't have that much to do it's the days that I get least done you know what I mean yeah and the days that are you know my calendar is just fully booked and I got you know uh, orders that I have to uh, take care of I got uh, stuff on the webshop I have to do I got the uh, practice later in the in the evening and all that stuff those are you know days that I get shit done yeah just the most so the days that I'm busy is actually the days I'm actually getting things done yeah instead of just sitting at my computer and not really having a set plan for the day yeah that's when I start to you know go check my Facebook and you know, to see yeah. where's the bit where's the Bitcoin uh, price right now or Ooh, you know, that's a dangerous one stuff yeah, like that and that's exactly the dangerous one so I don't get shit done when I you know don't book my calendar so I'm actually trying to to you know schedule my day fully yeah. booked obviously with a couple of breaks uh, throughout you know throughout the day yeah. but um, I think it's you know it's really about you know prioritizing your time um, obviously I can't be full time uh, you know student and full time hockey player and full time entrepreneur. But then at some time during the year, uh, like right now, exams are coming within the next few weeks. So mm. I have to focus a little bit more on that. Um, the ice hockey is there from August to April. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's my job. But it's also something that I love 
doing. It's I don't see it as my job, but it's what I'm actually you know living for right now. Yeah. Um, and then I have to sometimes you know uh, things that I want to do with the savvy will have to be postponed just a couple of weeks because that's how it is. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's you know about prioritizing your time and you know making a plan for yourself. Yeah. And probably these things give you strength for for the other things. I mean, and my partner is a hockey player as well, ice hockey player, not professionally. No, but he just loves playing, and it gives him energy. And sure. you know, you you, you do physical activity, you feel better, and hundred percent. Yeah, for no. sure. I mean, if I go to practice, um, yeah, obviously it's hard to do one hour and fifty minutes on the ice, and maybe you know you you did forty five minutes uh, workout in the gym before that, but it's you know. It's something I do every day, and I can just you know I can just see on the days that I don't practice. Those are the days where I you know sit on the couch and, or you know stay in the bed for an extra hour, which is good sometimes too. Yeah. But it, those are also also days where I don't get my things done yeah. in the yeah. same way that I do if I you know go up practice and go to work here in my office. Yeah. And then you know do my my things. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. So for sure, yeah, I think you're right. It gives me energy. I can see that. So you uh, you mentioned that you check Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, that's another point uh, I wanted to ask. Uh, we mentioned it before. You check it probably because um, I found out you are getting paid in Bitcoins uh, for your hockey for your hockey yeah job. Solely Bitcoin, yeah. Solely Bitcoin, which is the first first you're, athlete, you're the first athlete probably athlete athlete in the world you paid yeah. purely in Bitcoin. Yeah. Why? Why? Why yeah. is it? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? <laughs> I mean, it goes um, up and down. I know um, it's uh, probably not the most uh, rational, uh, you know, decision. Um, if you you know just look at the price and you've seen the, you know, the uh, development of the price during the, the last couple of years. Um, but I think it's also you know I'm really interested in, in this uh, industry as well, like blockchain and, and Bitcoin. And yeah, Bitcoin is just you know. You know, one of the greatest example of blockchain. Uh, yeah. Even though uh, you can, you know, there's you can talk, you know, twelve hours about if is Bitcoin the right, uh, you know, yeah. uh, no currency problems. to get paid in yeah. in terms of salary. Yeah. No, probably not. But I made this deal with um, the uh, CEO and the founder of Bitcoin Swiss, mm -hmm. which is uh, located in Zug. He's uh, one of the main sponsors at uh, Rungstad, which is the team I play for. Mm -hmm. And he came to me last year in December and asked if I wanted to do this, you know, kind of you know pioneer project yeah. with him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being interested in the industry, being interested in, in the whole blockchain space, I thought it was, you know, just a great idea to try yeah. something else. And maybe that's the entrepreneur in me, you know, trying yeah. to do something new that nobody has done ever before. Yeah. Uh, you know, had to sit down with lawyers and SCAT uh, here, you know, the local tax uh, government uh, community to, you know, try to figure out how, how, how to do this. Like, what, what happens if the Bitcoin price goes to $100,000, you know? Then I'm, you know, my salary will raise like times times ten. Right. What happens then? What happens if Bitcoin price lowers fifty percent, which which this has since I, you know, I uh, signed my contract and, and all that stuff. So I think it's, uh, you know, it was great marketing. I think we had twenty five articles all around the world, yeah. like New York Times, um, uh, all you know, Boston and Finance Deco uh, here uh, in in Denmark and and Sweden and Norway. Mentioned so many places we got, so it was great marketing, and it was something new and very funny. So yeah. I think that's you know one of the reasons why I did it. Yeah. So if the price goes down fifty percent, your salary goes down fifty percent. Yeah. Is that the actually? And if it goes I made, up, it goes I, I made a deal with with uh, Nicholas that you know in terms of financial disaster towards you know in terms of Bitcoin, 
I would still get, you know, a safety, like kind of you safety have like a ground. Minimum. Yeah, exactly. So, but the thing is that it's not that I get X amount of Bitcoin, like different amounts of Bitcoin every month. It's the same amount, no matter if it's 4,000 or 20,000. Yeah. So it's fixed on the amount of Bitcoin. It's fixed on the amount of Bitcoin, which is so unique because otherwise <clears throat> it would have been a PR stunt. Otherwise like, it's nothing it's, really. It's done. nothing. Yeah. It's like I could get paid in, in you know, TVs and couches, whatever, <laughs> just like whatever, what's suited for, for me in that occasion. Yeah. But the, the, the funny thing here is that it's actually uh, not packed against the US dollar or Danish kroners. It's the same amount of Bitcoin I get every month. Mm. And then, you know, the risk and reward is, you know, in that as well. Yeah. Is there an upper limit as well? There's no upper limit. There's only a lower, lower limit. So, so, so I yeah, uh, a lot of upside. I think it's you know the benefit of being the first to do something that has never been done before. Yeah. Uh, that kind of you know came to me and uh, gave me that advantage. Yeah, I think that's super cool. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> let's see how it goes. goes. I haven't been that good this year, but uh, you know it's a long term thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, going back to Savvy Copenhagen, yeah, um, your product, you on your website you source it. Um, from the neutral or the, yeah, it's connected to this neutral, which is another is company. Something. Yeah, and they <coughs> kind of take care of all the taking care of that uh, you know the cotton is uh, yeah certificates basically right. So they so what we do is that um, when we you know want when we Kevin sat down and you know we kind of came up with the idea that we want to have you know our own clothing brand. The idea started because me and Kevin was so tired of buying new T-shirts every month. Yeah. that you know would cost uh, 100 kroner which is you know uh, 15 or 16 euros yes and you could wash it one or two times and the clothes will just be like destroyed basically yeah, because <laughs> because chemicals plastic are you know one of the materials that you use in you know those fast fashion industries mm. uh, brands that you can buy out there <clears throat> so we want to make we wanted to make a clothing brand that focuses like very much in the quality, but also the whole process of making clothes, like from the first cotton seed to you actually have the t-shirt in your hand. Yeah. And Neutral um, is a Danish company. I know the owner because I played hockey with his son, you know, back in the days. Yeah. Um, and he founded this company back in 1998, I think. And, you know, they have been struggling for the you know past, I think it was actually 1992, actually. Mm -hmm. They've been struggling in the last 15, 16 years to promote this because nobody cared about you know organic cloth uh, back in the days, but now they have just seen an massive increase in orders because now people are actually starting to worry about that. Um, but they're all, they're selling their own you know brand and their own clothes. But since I know him, I made a deal with him that I can buy his product, but I can use my own brand in that. So they're actually facilitating the whole production process and they're taking care of you know the certificates and making sure that all of the six certificates we have that tells the story about the production. They're being updated and they're being looked through and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we are actually, you know, buying into that, you know, yeah. middle or that, you know, foundation of how the, the clothes is made, right? Yeah. And then we take our own brand and then we brand it to the, the customers because he's not selling to private customers. He's only selling right. to bigger corporations and companies. Exactly. So if you want a t-shirt from Neutral, you can't go buy it. Yeah. You have to come to me and then use my brand. Yeah. So we're actually taking, you know, a, you know, a different industry. Yeah. Uh, or a different customer segment at least yeah. than yeah. he is, and that's why he agreed to do it because he he saw that we were very you know visionary and that we we took care about this and we wanted to do something about it. Right. So, do you add anything to the design of the clothes? Um, Sometimes we 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 I mean we started out as being you know we wanted to be the 
the basic brand. Like, you know, I hate having a t-shirt where I can see logos all over the t-shirt. I want a basic black t-shirt, basic white t-shirt, you know, just in good quality. You didn't have to pay like 100 euros for it or 50 euros for it. Um, but then uh, as, you know, time went on, we also, you know, recognized that it's, it's really hard to brand a basic black and a basic white t-shirt. Mm -hmm. So we had to do like some minor changes to it um, without, you know, you know, compromising the whole idea that we wanted to have a basic t-shirt mm -hmm. with logos on. So what we're doing is actually just making, obviously our brand is in, you know, in behind the, the yeah. neck, yeah. so you know what size and what where the t-shirts are from. And then also in the back, outside of the t-shirt, you can see a, our, you know, logo on it, it's yeah. like a small one. Yeah. Um, and we haven't heard any, you know, any bad things from that because yeah. people actually want to show since they bought a t-shirt that is organic they want to show it too right, right. Um, and then obviously we also made some um, some t-shirts with our big logos on and some different designs to it so people have the choice if they want to buy a basic t-shirt or a t-shirt with a certain design on it yeah so we do minor we do do some minor changes to it yeah how do you compete with I mean you 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 mentioned H&M yeah um, and yeah we, as I said we had an interview with with another entrepreneur selling uh, sustainable shirts for men and it's uh, it's tough to compete with the big brands as you said there's a lot of competition um, and big yeah big companies how yeah. do you how do you compete we I wouldn't say that we obviously it's a competitor because they sell t-shirts we sell t-shirts they sell hoodies we sell hoodies yeah. but we're not trying to you know uh, you know overbuying uh, their AdWords, for example, if yeah. you take a look at Google or whatever, because it's just impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. So we're trying to, you know, do uh, influencer marketing, especially in Instagram, which is, you know, we use our network. Um, so a lot of uh, local heroes, if you can say that, local uh, influencers, yeah. known people in Denmark are wearing our clothes on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then we try to make videos on Facebook um, to tell the story because people are buying our clothes because of the story. And we have kind of, you know, somehow have to, to come up with that story. And Facebook and Instagram is just a great way to do that without having to pay, you know, several, several hundred thousand kroners to, yeah, to yeah, get out there. Yeah. Um, obviously, we also do some Google AdWords, but it's, it's definitely not the biggest channel uh, because the competition is so fierce um, on those search uh, words in there. So, uh, and then again, network, you know, coming out to companies, making, uh, you know, we do a lot of B2B um, deals with companies. So let's say a company wants 50 hoodies with uh, their uh, logo on it. We'll make a private label solution for them. So they have their own logos on it. And then once they wear that hoodie, they'll probably go to our website next time they have to buy a t-shirt or hoodie because they know the quality. Yeah. And that's just the snowball effect. So you get a lot of people trying to wear our clothes. Yeah. And then hopefully, because we believe that our brand is, is so strong and the quality is so nice, that people will come back to us. Yeah. So our business model is very, you know, we rely heavily on, you know, customers coming back to us. Yeah. Um, because it's hard to just get one customer to buy and then never see them again. So loyal customers are like extremely important to us. Yeah, that was one, one of the next questions. First, um, something just popped up in my mind. So you're also selling to businesses? Yeah. Isn't that, aren't you competing with your supplier? No, because the, yeah, it's a good question, but uh, Neutral is not, um, it's not a company that a company, let's say, uh, 
what is the big company like Apple for example they can't call neutral and say hey we want to buy a uh, hundred hoodies they have to go through one of the suppliers for neutral neutral mm. but neutral and these companies aren't really promoting the story about you know the brand yeah. and, but we're trying to sell that story so um, you can't call neutral unless you are a another clothing supplier who then calls the customers to get it okay so they actually you know there's i think there's like three levels there's neutral and then there's uh, some suppliers who buy stuff from neutral and sell to companies and then you know my company is actually one of these suppliers you can call yeah so i'm actually competing with other suppliers but those are i would say those are mostly like uh big commercial uh companies like uh can't really uh mention any names because i haven't seen Neutral is not that famous a brand in Denmark. Nobody yeah. knows Neutral. Yeah. It's common. It's, it's kind of like, you know, up in the sky. Uh, so you kind of have to know them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're getting bigger. Um, but yeah, I sell a lot to businesses, but I don't compete with Neutral because yeah. you can't buy it for them. Okay. Got it. So yeah, you said it, it's really important for you that customers come back. So retention is super important. Yeah. How do you, how do, you do that um, with a clothing brand? Yeah. Um, I mean... We, I think it's, it's, you know, it's a lot about telling the story and try to catch people in that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once you've told the story and once the product is, is out there for the, for the customers, uh, it's, it's really up to the customers if they like the product or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously because the, the competition is so fierce, uh, we don't get all customers to come back at us, but we've seen since we started uh, two years ago, we've seen a lot of customers coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also about, you know, every time they buy something, they'll get a reward that could be, you know, a discount, uh, mm-hmm. you know, code um, for, uh, you know, yeah. extra 15% next time you buy. Yeah. And um, email marketing, you know, getting yeah. out to customers, telling them, hey, we got this new one. So like getting in touch with, with yeah. the customers that has, you know, bought with us before. Yeah. So we kind of, you know, stay in contact with them. Yeah. I think that's that's one of the key things that we're, we're trying to do. Yeah. Have you, yeah, you've probably looked at black socks yeah the company yeah something like that you know a subscription model yeah we actually looked into the subscription thing uh to you know in regards to our t-shirts because the subscription doesn't really make sense in you know regards to hoodies and no that's not something you buy every month right so t-shirts is is something that you could do in subscription wise uh thing but uh you know those are one of the things that are on the paper that we haven't come to right come now. to yeah because there's so many things right now we're trying to build right now we're trying to set up a like a b2b universe on our web shop so right now when customers want like b2b companies want to buy from us mm-hmm. they'll have to call me or send me an email uh, we want to make it easier for you know smaller companies also like companies who need t- 10 t-shirts like what well, why should it also always only be you know bigger corporation who like buys startups hundred, like start to buy a lot of hoodies for exactly and we are trying to build a universe where you can go to a web shop you can uh, take a t-shirt then you can place your logo on it and then yeah. you'll get a price like right away and you can say order and i will get an automatically you know message that this company uh you know ordered 10 t-shirt i'll make it and i will ship it to them right away yeah so you know make that you know process a lot faster a lot more easier and and more transparent actually yeah, yeah. um and then next time maybe subscription is, is the next thing we're trying to do but again t-shirts one of the things we're also saying is that you can buy a t-shirt from us and you can watch it like 40 times and the fit 
fitment of the teeth should, should still be the same, the color should still be the same. So actually we don't want our customers <laughs> to throw away. To come, we don't want our, want our customers to buy a t-shirt and then come back one month later yeah. because of the t-shirt is you know worn out or just whatever. It should be because they want to add an extra to their you know wardrobe. Yeah. Um, so the subscription should not be monthly basis. It should probably be like every two months or three yeah. months to be honest. Um, and that's you know something that uh, there's a lot of there's other things that are more important and valuable to add to our brand right now than subscription. So that's probably yeah. why we haven't. Yeah. And you, do you offer socks? No, not yet. not yet. But socks and, and your underwear is, is definitely on the paper as well. Um, as well as you know, clothing for babies and kids. Because yeah, we well, know that you know it's it's a it's a huge market huge. for you know. Uh, I say moms now because those are the typical buyer of yeah. uh, you know baby clothes. Um, not to you know be too statement about you know men doesn't buy clothes for their uh, you know yeah. babies, but it's just how it is in general. Yeah. In general, it's 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 the you know the, the moms who go out and buy you know shop uh, clothes for for kids, and uh, I think there's a huge market for you know um, organic and sustainable um, eco friendly clothing for kids. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't hurt the body and uh, you know. You know the speech, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's also another thing on the paper. But you know, it just costs a lot of money to you know start off a new collection, and yeah, you'll have to. It's not just making the clothes; it's also to do the marketing. It's also to display it on the web shop, and it's also to have everything in stock. Because yeah. the tendency today is that if you go buy a t-shirt online, you expect the t-shirt to be at your door like the next within the next five minutes, right? Yes. So we have to deliver it every day. And in order to deliver it, we have to have it in stock. And though, you know, there's just a lot of processes uh, yeah. within, you know, delivering one day that we have to be, you have to have an order before you can launch a new collection. Yeah. Yeah. How's your, how's your customer base set up uh, B2B, B2C right now? Um, like to work, like how much we are selling to B2B compared yeah, to B2C compared to each other? Like what? I think, uh, I think we're like, 70% B2B right now and 30% B2C and we want to you know equalize that so it becomes more like 50-50 or maybe 60-40 uh, towards B2C um, because that's actually what we want but right now B2B is just what you know gets us through today yeah. Uh, yeah. because companies actually see a great value of adding a sustainable clothing line to their business because there's a lot of focus on you know the corporate social responsibility yeah. aspect in every company yeah. and we can help a company um, actually achieve that goal yeah. if they buy a clothing line from us yeah. and it's actually an easy way from a company to start if they want to improve their CSR yeah. uh, policy right yeah. it's really simple uh, it doesn't cost that much um, you know in terms of you know if you have a uh, a company who has like 50 vehicles, you'll have to change all 50 vehicles. You know, that cost yeah. is just yeah. way higher than yeah. buying 100 t-shirts. I know it's not the same, but it's still, you know, you're still it's something. Step. It's one step in the right yeah. direction. Yeah. And that's where we can help companies a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and they buy in bulk. So, you know. Exactly. And they'll come back. And they'll come back. Yeah. Because we deliver good service and good quality of, of clothing. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so, you said, yeah, you said you work with, with neutral. Yeah. How do you, or do you even try to, you know, make sure that the whole value chain is sustainable, or do you just say I trust that company? Yeah. Because I mean, it can be very critical to you know you're like you say we're a sustainable company, but you don't really know. Yeah. You've never checked yourself, or 
I I do understand though the other side like you're a startup you can't check everything. No, I know. But you are you're so right, and that's you know that's one of the biggest uh, debates and discussion in the industry right now. That you know people are saying that they're sustainable, and other companies are saying they're organic. But what does it actually mean to be sustainable or organic? Because those two things are not the same. Like you know you can buy organic uh, almonds in the supermarket, but they're not sustainable. No. It's one of the worst things to actually produce because it contains so much water to produce one almond. And it's the same in the clothing industry. Maybe you use organic cotton, but then you still have child workers at the factory. Right. And you still have, you know, not uh, green energy to facilitate that energy to the factory. Yeah. And one of the ways, the actually the only way <clears throat> in the industry you can show that right now is by the use of certificates. Mm-hmm. And those certificates are, you can look them up. It's, you know, just like uh, uh, like uh, trademarks, if you want to yeah. trademark your, your brand. You can go to this site and you can check every certificate that is, has been issued in, within the EU. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and they'll get stamped and they'll get checked every uh, six months to see if they, you know, are actually fulfilling all these requirements that are, yeah. um, that are required from uh, the supplier, which is neutral here. So... We can go and we can always see and check if those certificates still, you know, fulfill the requirements yeah. and if they're up to date. And that's, you know, sort of the way that we can trust that neutral is not saying mm. that they're actually sustainable, but we can actually go and check it ourselves and then yeah. look at the certificates yeah. and see, okay, they've been stamped, they're up to date. So, I mean, in order for that to be not trustworthy, it will have to be the EU who doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do the job exactly and who is not yeah. lying. And then... If that if that's the case, then then we have a lot bigger problem, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. much bigger problem than yeah. just the ethical behavior not being sustainable. Yeah, and we have a like a general trust problem with the EU, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or yeah. just the, the the world actually. Or the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This conversation is that yeah, as a startup, you can't go check every step yourself, and you gotta trust your you suppliers and trust. Partners, right? At least you have to trust, uh, you know, one entity or another. Uh, you know, down the line somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, if you if you look at it and, and you you like you try to come up with a better solution, I would be happy to hear about it because I think this right now is the only solution to you know proceed and yeah. to actually check that what we're doing is, is the right way right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have another question. I mean, this is my second interview in in Denmark. Yeah. And Denmark is famous for many things but uh, business-wise there's you know there's high taxes um, which it can make it and high wages which can make it easy for for a startup to to start up yeah sure. um, what's your point of view there what what do you think about the, the Danish environment for for starting up I think actually I think that the Danish environment is is, is okay I mean obviously uh, you know high taxes and high wages is uh, is definitely a a showstopper uh, for for any startup, um, and you know that's just the way it is. It's it's a community of welfare, so you have to contribute uh, with taxes and you have to follow the rules that are here. So it's not something that you can actually. It's not debatable, right? No. So you have to live with it. Um, and but but there is a lot of uh, you know besides high wages and high taxes, there's a lot of things that you have to do as a startup. And I think those are the more, like more critical parts, like all the things that you have to uh, give up in terms of um, 
well, when you start a company, you have to, um, you have to, you know, you have to fulfill so many documents of mm. what you're doing, and and uh, you have to uh, every three months you have to tell how much did you sell and how much did you do that and how much did you do that and stuff like that. Mm. And those are the times that actually takes away from you know sitting yeah. down and actually you know trying to increase your brand value and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are the things that can be improved a lot. But regarding the high taxes and the high wages, I think that's just a fact that you have to live with. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you will have to you know start up somewhere else. In yeah. The world. Why would you Why would you recommend to someone to actually come to Denmark to to start up? Because I'm sure. I mean, there are a lot of startups. If you so, there must be some. Well, if you aren't if you aren't from Denmark, I I wouldn't recommend you to start up in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. um, unless there is a, like a specific reason. Let's say you have a Danish supplier that is the only in the world, and you have a, like a close relationship with this supplier. Yeah. That could be one of the reasons. Uh, maybe you want to open up. Uh, you know, sales in Danish market. Then obviously it's a good idea to have some kind of you know you know feet on the ground in Denmark, yeah. um, um, it, unless it's you know strictly uh, you know online, you can probably do it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is obviously some cases where it's needed for you to be in Denmark, um, but but besides that, if you're not from Denmark, I, I can't really s- see any reasons why you should come here and yeah. know, start it up. Unless you live in Nigeria or Venezuela or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Conditions are way worse down there. But uh, compared to Switzerland, where you're from, um, I would uh, I would definitely stay down there. Okay. Well, wages are super high there as well. Yeah, but the taxes are different, right? And then, uh, yeah. Slightly. But there's always, you know, there's always uh, pros and cons from, from everywhere. And uh, I don't see, like, any, you know, particularly bad reasons uh, for starting up here but I don't see any you know benefits either yeah so it's like yeah, where you're from sense. what makes sense for you yeah. and what market you're trying to, to sell to right yeah for sure how could you imagine uh, Sandy Copenhagen growing or how do you see it growing and I don't know my question was for me so can this go outside of Denmark as well yeah or yeah does the, first of all the brand Sandy Copenhagen limited to Denmark or yeah, how do you see that? Um, the brand Sally Copenhagen is actually up for discussion right now because uh, we are actually uh, maybe uh, changing our name uh, okay. uh, within a couple uh, weeks or months okay. um, due to a, uh, a lawsuit um, yeah. from a big uh, company in Germany. Uh, but that's still uh, debatable right now. So one way or another, Sally Copenhagen is going to live uh, you know, beyond this lawsuit. Um, Either it's going to be Savvy Copenhagen or it's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely we're going to expand to to uh, other countries in Denmark. But but since we are located in Denmark and both me and my partner are from here, um, we want to you know establish ourselves in the Danish market For sure. because the Danish market is actually good. Um, there's there's a, you know there's a, a great um, opportunity to to actually build something. Um, and once we've made the proof of concept here in Denmark, uh, it's easier to scale it to other countries, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that the, the vision for the next uh, three four years is to to expand the customer base we have um, through our webshop to get more companies buying our stuff and continue to you know coming back and buying from us yeah larger customers and also to get our uh, clothes out in stores and shopping centers in Denmark uh, yeah. that's a strategy that we sh- just started with okay um, we're in two or three different uh, stores right now to test it mm-hmm. and then uh, in 2019 those are the one of the strategies that we have to pursue even more 
to actually get out there and to you know be uh, you know visible for, for people yeah. offline where they are where they are shopping right? so areas, like yeah. big shopping centers in Copenhagen and also in in Jutland yeah. in, as it is yeah. in Denmark um, to you know to get more brand value from that so yeah. that's that's the plan right now how, how does that work um, what do you need to fulfill to get into a store right you, you need to I, I could imagine you need to have a certain number of sales already yeah. uh, so like show. <clears throat> stores are really like focused and, and concerned about uh, square meters like, let's say they have 50 square meters how many how many products can they actually ship out from their store on each square meter yeah so if you have a brand that you can show okay so we have these uh, numbers uh, that's how much we sold this year and within the last quarter um, we believe that taking us if you you know take us and you bring our clothing brand into you shop we can actually move products from from that square meter right yeah so it's it's a matter of trust it's a matter of relationship with the the store owners mm-hmm. um, again network is, is super important it's yeah. one of them you know the best assets to, we have <laughs> right network network without that you, you you're basically fucked yeah screw right yeah. um, so but yeah, it's it's a matter of you know numbers. How much can you actually move per you know each square meter in that shop? And I will have to, um, you have to prove that that uh, this is there's a desire for your brand out there, right? Yeah. And I think one of the, the the advantages that we have right now is that there is not so many uh, organic and sustainable brands that actually have a story to tell. Yeah. And we see we see the trend of this growing a lot, and I think that trend is going to grow even more within the next couple of years. And hopefully that can benefit us. So you know, um, shops, shopping centers, can actually see a uh, you know a great value from taking us in. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's gonna grow. Hundred percent. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And Denmark, I feel, I feel like Denmark or Copenhagen, at least, is very people are very, very receptive, very for, receptive, for, uh, sustainably produced uh, exactly. products. and concerned about it, right? And that's I think that's one of the reasons why we we named ourselves Savvy Copenhagen because savvy is a English word of, you know, being the informed, uh, the well-known and the, uh, you know, the experienced. Yeah. And then Copenhagen, because Copenhagen is where we're from. Copenhagen has a great brand value to it, but Copenhagen is also one of the front runners of this industry. So every year in Copenhagen, we have a fashion um, meetup called Copenhagen Fashion Summit. Mm-hmm. And it's solely focused and based on organic and sustainability in the fashion uh, sector. Yeah. So Copenhagen is just one of the great front runners of sustainable and organic clothing. Yeah. Which is why we incorporated that in our name. Yeah. Which is a cool name. It's catchy. Yeah. I have to say. I yeah. hope I hope that lawsuit goes well for you. We'll see. And then we're gonna find another good name. I'm sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So we ask this in, in every in every episode. Um, what was your what would you consider your biggest challenge in those two years? And maybe connected to that. What's your biggest learning that you would tell okay. an entrepreneur that's trying to start up in that in that industry? Okay, so the the, the, the greatest challenge and one of the, the best advices I can give for people who want to start their own company, like a uh, clothing company, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, is that uh, don't get like too uh, focused on how many products, like different products you want on your website. Like, you know, sit down and really figure out what is your what is your goal and what is what is your desire about this company and instead of having t-shirts polos hoodies tank top sweatshirts sweatpants blah 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 pick like two or three products and be so sharp on those products and be like 
be the master of that category mm-hmm. to say actually yeah. um, and don't go don't go too big in the start like have a small um, you know stock uh, what do you call it like have a small amount in stock yeah, yeah. in the start so you don't buy like 500 in each size and each color yeah. because you'll end up having uh, you know five thousand products that you you know it's you know liquidity just you know laying there right there yeah. And uh, you never know if it's that T-shirt or if it's that color or that size actually that are actually going to be the one that you know gives it the profit in the end. Yeah. And uh, we did that in the start. We had way too many products, mm-hmm. and uh, we're trying to now you know scaling it down to see we can see now. Okay, so this product, this product are the the, the best ones for us right now. We haven't sold uh, any or just a few of you know three this product this product so mm-hmm. we're actually you know trying to get rid of that product somehow yeah. and focus on the other ones that we're really good at um, so I think that's you know one of the best uh, things and and basically if you want to start a, a clothing company I would recommend go to uh, a supplier buy 200 t-shirts and then make a designer logo to it and then see what happens with it. like see if you can get people to like it and if you can sell these 200 t-shirts with a nice logo or design on it or just a great story or vision uh, you can probably you know go bigger next time you'll you'll have to shop again right Um, so I think that's one of the key key things that I would have wanted to know before I started that I wanted to like focus on one or two categories instead of focusing on 10 different categories yeah okay so start small focus on yeah start small own that category and then you can scale it up at any time you want to yeah some cool learnings so our three uh, our three basic questions that we ask looking back would you do anything differently one of the things there that's you know don't go too big right don't go too big um, yeah I would uh, probably next time I uh, am about to start a company I'll probably check trademark registers to see if that name has been used before because that's is just uh, that's killing us right now you know you're trying to build your brand, you're trying to sell products and you're trying to promote um, your brand just basically to the world. And uh, right now you're just facing lawyers and uh, companies trying to go after you. Um, and you know, basically it's our own fault right now uh, that we didn't check at that time. But you know, in that process of starting a company, there are so many things that you have to um, take care of. And uh, we actually did the research, but we just didn't do it good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's not like there's another company called Savvy, Copenhagen, or even Savvy. It's just that there is a uh, company who made a product way down the line in Germany who has Savvy on it, and that's why we got the lawsuit. So uh, it was it was hard to check, but we should have done it better. So that's one of the key key learnings that I'm yeah. also taking away from from this, right? Yeah. And um, so regarding, if I can quickly jump in. Because we had exactly this situation for the for a previous episode that we did, and also clothing, and also the learning was check check the name, check the brand, because legal lawyers it's not it's not a cost that you can reduce. Exactly. They have an hourly fee. Exactly. And it's super high, and they're the experts, so you really need them. Yeah. How would you recommend someone check that better than you did? How 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 would I? Could I do that? It's a good question. I would, uh, as you said there, um, because of it doesn't matter what you feel, uh, and it doesn't matter of what you uh, if you if you feel like you're getting screwed by some lawyers who's actually coming after you. 
you have no idea and you have no way of actually you know challenging these lawyers because you're not an expert right, right. and um, and that's what we're facing right now so I think one of the things that I can give out as a uh, as a good uh, learning uh, thing about this is actually using a lawyer so when you want to start a company um, take those 10,000 kroners which is like 1500 mm. euros spend them on a lawyer that you probably have a lawyer in your network or maybe you have a friend who knows a lawyer who yeah. can help you with that it doesn't have to be like uh, you know three four thousand euros to that yeah. but use a lawyer in the start to see hey we we thought about this name uh can you do a check for us in the trademark register um how how are we you know how are we going to do with this name actually yeah and um then it, yeah it's ten thousand kroner you've been using on you know more t-shirts or whatever but down the line, it's just so much it's more important worth, because that's going to drain you, right? Yeah. And even though in this case, in our lawsuit, uh, maybe we can win it in the end, but it doesn't matter because they have two and a half thousand employees, that company who's up after us right now. So they can just, you know, they can just drain the process. They can just, you know, keep it going for three years yeah. and we're going to be dead within the next half a year, right? Yeah. Because we have to pay our lawyers to actually just answering yeah. all the questions that they have, all the, 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 yeah. the things that they're coming after yeah. us with. So I would actually recommend, you know, spend 10, 15,000 kroners because then you're set. They don't ever have to deal with that later because you have a lawyer who said that for you. Mm -hmm. And if something happens, he's the one who's responsible because you paid him yeah. for a service and yeah. his lawyers will cover that if something happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best advice. I think that's super good advice. Because you, you don't have it in, in, in your head when you're starting up and you're like, and even if you fine. do, even if you do, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it, it's, it's so hard to, to, uh, to look through all these. I mean, maybe there is another name called Savvy. Yeah. Does, that, does that mean you can name your, comp your company Savvy Copenhagen uh, for the world? Yeah. Or just Savvy Copenhagen? Or what about Savvy with the W instead of two Vs, right? Yeah. Is that, but but you, you have no clue yeah, because no. you're not an expert. Yeah. I mean, if you would have known, uh, you would probably be a lawyer, right? Yeah. And you wouldn't be a startup in yeah. the clothing business. Yeah. So um, there's just no, there's no, no safe way of doing it um, for, for, you know, in my opinion, without using a lawyer. Yeah. So spend that money. And spend that money and just, you know, suck it up. Spend yeah. that money yeah. because it's going to help you down the line. If you, if you fuck it up, it can actually cover your business. Yeah. Yeah. Are you hopeful for the future of sustainable clothing? 100%. I think it's and the work. only way yeah. uh, the business is going to go. Also for the bigger ones, Nike, H&M, um, bestseller, which is probably the biggest one here in Denmark. Mm -hmm. um, I know they're all looking into to this, but, but since they're so big, it's not something that happens you know, overnight. It's something that takes a couple of years, uh, if, not, if not even five or seven years, because you have to change your whole supply chain. Yeah. It's not something you do overnight. It's step by step, but it's something that they're looking into. And I know all of these companies they have departments now working, you know, only on that, yeah. solely on that. So I, I'm, I'm very, um, I think I, I see the, the future of sustainable clothing just increasing, yeah, a lot. So also for for startups in that in that area now, you would say it's probably a good time to jump in because yeah, it's gonna come, but the big companies are not there yet. They're not there, but yet. the customers. Are they or are getting there? Are getting the, there. the group is growing. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's a good time now. Um, it's you know it's it's kind of the same question I get from people just to step out of Savvy Copenhagen and now talk again about Bitcoin because people are actually coming to me and say, "Do you think it's a good time now to buy Bitcoin?" And then I'm like, 
Well, uh, you have to define what do you mean about it's a good time. Are you gonna make uh, if you dump one thousand euros? Are you gonna make a million euros? No, probably not. But are you gonna make ten thousand euros? It's still ten times what you put in. Is it a good? Is it good to come in now? Yes. Then yes. I would say yes. If you can ten times your money, uh, you know, in anything, uh, you should probably do it, right? That's uh, something that you don't see in any stock markets unless you are there for you know forty five, fifty years yeah. and you saw something unique that nobody else did, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, I think yeah it's a good time now it could also be a good time in seven years as as long as you have a product that you can differentiate yourself with and you yeah. are able to sell a story that catch people yeah right because you need to have a brand as well yeah. by that time right yeah but yeah. it takes years it takes years to build something you need to build over two years it takes at least five to seven years to build a nice clothing brand yeah what's the last book blog post or video that you saw um, and why would you recommend it to entrepreneurs? Oh, I think one of the last podcasts I listened to was uh, from you, actually. <laughs> I don't listen to that many podcasts. Cool. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, I just uh, don't get around it that often. Um, right, you have enough to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I can do it in the, in the car, but then I listen to some music instead, or I have my phone calls in, in my car. Actually, it's a great way of doing your phone calls in your car when you're on your way to something exactly. else, or on the bike, right? Um, so uh, I spend most of my time in the car talking in, in phone or if I don't I listen to the music it could also be podcast um, but I don't know so lately it's been a lot about uh, you know um, some entrepreneur who sold his company mm-hmm. and his you know his his way to you know from starting it to selling it yeah. um, some famous entrepreneurs in Denmark um, I can't remember the podcast name but I yeah. remember you know the names of the entrepreneurs um, but I'm not that big of a podcast blog fan actually yeah or actually I am I just don't do it <laughs> yeah you don't have the time yeah cool. exactly right that will be it sounds good sounds good thank yeah. you for having you, me you made it yeah thank you so much. <laughs> thanks so much for your time and uh, yeah good luck yeah you too thank you. thank you thank you for listening to another episode of Startup Stories make sure to check out the show notes and our blog post with additional links at nerdentrepreneurs.com And if you like our podcast, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks and see you next time.